Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Caraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. Got Lavender Gooms with us. Good evening, guys. Got DJ Mark with us. Sup? Kid presentable en route, sitting on a bar train. Well, ideally, at least walking home at this point. Um, welcome to the show, folks. Uh, first off, I mean, let's just get the important shit out of the way. It is Cyber Monday, so let me tell you about our Cyber Monday deals. So right now, for an exclusive time, you can catch It's M Amazing Radio, the award-winning podcast, for free. Once a week, for free. Only on Cyber Monday, which is now over. You missed it. You blew it. Now you got to pay us. Oh, you know what? We want to extend it into Cyber Tuesday. Uh, you know, if you if, so for the real shit-eating wild men of the people who listen to this podcast that listen to it in the two hours it's up on the Monday evening, you know what? Just send us a message. I really appreciate it. All right, I just want to point that out. The reason the, the reason I delay my dinner, you know. <laughs> do you think? Do you think anyone gets like an alert when uh, from Twitter when a new one drops? Like whenever we get a tweet. Well, I imagine you can you can do that from your what's it called? Uh, your iTunes or Stitcher or in my cast, in my case, Pocket Casts, you know, whatever app you're using. Um, so, yeah. Uh, also, you can follow also, you know, our premium Twitter account at Twitter.com slash It's Amazing. I think that's what it is. It might be It's Amazing Radio. Let's go with It's Amazing. No, our Insta- it is It's Amazing and our premium Instagram premium instagram you know free it's some amazing radio i've really driven this joke into the ground so um <laughs> there was a joke somewhere yeah there? okay let's go let's talk about more shit driven into the ground marcus francis and ganu still francis and ganu huh okay I, there was a lot of things you could have went with drilling stuff into a the lot ground. of stuff went into the ground man francis and ganu the guy overream fought chuck liddell we're gonna start with the most relevant guy first mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and uh, I kind of feel bad because I was going to give Stefan some props, even though, and I got to give Mike props too, because Mike actually made the pick here and picked Nagano when all of us were naysayers because of his last two performances, which, you know, were not very good. But I wanted to give a little credit to Steph because of why he was leaning towards Nagano too and how he kind of broke down the fight is kind of how it played out, where Curtis Blades is a very good stylistic matchup for Nagano because he is a, a very strong counterpuncher. And he kind of needs a person to lead the dance. And Curtis Blaze is that guy. He does not – he's not afraid to throw hands with somebody in the hopes that it you know, it results in an exchange that ends in a clinch where he can kind of use the wrestling. But uh, Francis Nugano is just a guy that it's going to be tough to be leading and not get caught with something. And the, the, my one takeaway with this fight, if you do watch the the fight uh, in its entirety of the, the whole 45 seconds it takes, you can see before Francis throws the fight-ending uh, right hand – he has that bad boy cocked and loaded, and you can tell, like, I am ready to fire this off. And that's one of the things, that's one of the things I really liked about Francis coming into his uh, first title fight with Stipe was that um, that hype train was really built on this guy finding opportunities and pulling the trigger. 
And I think that's why some that's why me and Bobby and Ste- and Stefan to a degree kind of fell off Francis when he fought Derek Lewis and wasn't showing that that ability to find and pull the trigger consistently. Um, that was his best weapon. So it, it's good to see him back in a fight where he's able to his old self. He was able to put Curtis away in under a minute, which is extremely difficult to do. We, we've seen now throughout Curtis's many fights that this is a really tough guy to put away. Francis was the only guy to do it, and he did it through cut, not through a TKO. So to to run this one back and to have him finish it quicker and more decisively than his first one uh, says a lot about uh, where Nuganu is. And I think with him, he might be a fighter that we think mentally – where is he at? If he's not there mentally, he might not be able to perform. But he seems like he's correcting the uh, the things that we saw in his last fight. So yeah, solid performance by him. You know, to put away a guy like Curtis so quickly is is quite a feat. Mike, I didn't watch shit. All right, I got fight pass. I saw gifts, and I saw Curtis Blades get hit way too many times for his own good. Um, tough break for the young man, but he'll be back, huh? He's too young for us to think this is it. <laughs> yeah, I woke up just in time to catch the main event. And yeah, um, I would like to toot my own horn. I really thought about uh, tweet, uh, tweeting plums or, or sending you guys saying plums, you know, a message of that sort. But, you know, then I... I looked and I saw that Overeem won in impressive fashion, and I shit on Overeem pretty bad last week. So I thought that Overeem's win kind of negated my plum pick. So that's why I didn't write anything. But Same here. Great, great, th- great win for for Nganu. He's back on track. You know, I knew it was too soon to count him out. I mean. I think people were thinking he was mentally broken. Yeah, he looked like complete well, dog shit. Mike, in, in fairness, this was a nightmare he has so matchup. Much power. In fairness, this is a nightmare matchup, and it wasn't like he was facing like a bum. Like he was facing another guy in the top five, six. So he did beat him at once, though. So I guess we probably could have more stock in that. Um, Marcus, Alistair Overeem still got some, you know, still got a little left in the tank. Went out there and put away a, a young man. I didn't see a fucking minute of it. You, if you saw it, start telling us. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, last week when we broke down this fight, um, I sided with Overeem, much like Mike did with Naganu. Much like Mike, when I saw Overeem won, but Blaze lost, I was like, this isn't a, a ripe plums moment, right? When, you, when, you, when you're going to throw out the plums, you really want to smather it in other people's faces. And when you call the other fight wrong, you just don't, you don't have that leg to stand on. So I also hesitated to and, and ultimately chose not to uh, tweet out plums even though i felt very vindicated right because i i think you could have mark because you, you were you weren't you weren't as uh enthusiastic in your blades pick as i was i i think i pretty much called the uh, overeem washed right and, and and to that degree mike it's not i i totally understand and i even made jokes about it when i ultimately picked over him that we didn't know who this sergey guy was but we did you know looking at his record and looking at some of his highlight videos He's a promising young heavyweight with heavy hands, and anyone that could can throw can catch over him, right? We've just seen it too often where this guy gets hurt and finished. So, you know, I don't hold anything against you guys, but I think ultimately, in retrospect, we're looking at this again. I think a lot of people kind of forget that Overeem has a lot of tools. He has a lot of, there's a lot of things this guy is really good at. And in free motion stand-up, which a lot of people think he's probably like probably one of his best suits, I don't think he's the strongest. I think where Overeem's the strongest is in the clinch and over-under clinches. I think he's extremely deadly with knees there. 
And totally I would, agree. That was yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, agree. and I would say maybe just as dangerous as his just stand up when they're in free form. They're not clenched up. They're just standing up, uh, striking. I think his other suit that's probably just as strong as that is his top game. His top game is really, really strong, and his ground and pound is awesome. And that's what we saw here in the Sergey fight. Um, Overeem was able to negate a lot of uh, Sergey's overhand right, which which is obviously his his best punch, which we we saw in this highlight videos, and was able to consistently get him in a clinch. He worked over unders very well. I just I really love to see Overeem work that clinch because he throws knees to the body so beautifully. You can see. His whole body moves with the knee. He's pulling the guy into the knee. He's arching his his hips forward while arching his his uh, back backwards to get the full momentum of those knees. They're just they're really something to to behold. And he ultimately got um uh, this guy in a tie clinch was able to trip him down. Got on top of him. Was kind of riding him high. Not really you know going to the ground to fully commit on a half guard. Ultimately kind of stacked up high. Got into a mount situation. And he threw one hammer fist that basically finished the fight. He, the guy wasn't out, but you can tell it hurt him bad. And what I really liked in the finish here is that Overeem's ground and pound was extremely accurate. He went from right hammer fist to right hooks, and they were all just landing flush. And, uh, yeah, they stopped the fight. This was a big win for Overeem. Obviously, his last fight with Curtis Blaze, not only did he just get technically beaten every minute of that round getting taken down, then he just got demolished the the beating curtis finished with alistair over in his last fight was horrendous that was a bloody bloody ground and pound elbows from the guard finish where he knocked over him completely unconscious so um ultimately i get why we all were very hesitant to pick over him um i rode with my boy because just because of what i said he has a really deep skill set that i think a lot of people forget a lot of people just think he's a stand-up fighter but no this guy is a true mixed martial artist um marcus have you ever picked against alistair over I I might have somewhere in there. I might have. Honestly, I don't know. I mean, honestly, it's like I think every you made a very good point about all of his skills, and 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 I mean, you you hit it on the head though. It's like the reason we pick against Alistair Overeem isn't the lack of skills. It's that thirteen losses by knockout or TKO and sixty one mixed martial arts fights, not counting how many fucking kickboxing bouts and. That man trained at Golden Glory. Those motherfuckers just knock each other out for fun. So I don't know how many times over him he's been knocked unconscious, you know? Yeah. So. All I'm going to say, I, I get, I like I'm saying, I'm laying the groundwork. I get why you guys picked this other guy. But let's remember this next time when all we have to go on is some dude that doesn't have a Wookiee page. When we look up his highlight video, Stefan said it himself. I think he knocked out the, f- the same fat heavyweight twice. Maybe we need to look at who this guy's fighting a little bit more when we take into our analysis when he's fighting a guy like Alex. Hey, um, Mike, Mike, just right now, can you just write down the Marcus picking Shogun uh, in this fight that we're going to pick later right now? Are you, are you, are, he's picking Shogun. Don't worry about it. We're, we got it. Uh, Is that what we're getting at right now? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think we sprinkle in a little too much salt in there for Bobby. <laughs> about his comeuppance. Next time, don't pick the guy without a Wikipedia page. That's Dude, all I'm gonna say. Mark, Mark, Mark I, I, I that had belts in all of his organizations except for the UFC. Well, Mark, Mark I picked Chuck Liddell. So, like, picking against Overeem is not in like not even on my radar of dumb moves this weekend. Okay, <laughs> um, <clears throat> I don't know what else happened on this card, but nobody's talking about anything else from that card. So, do we want to talk about it? I mean, the only thing I would say, and I don't even remember who who who's who of these fighters, but I saw a lot of highlights of. 
uh, Chinese fighters looking really impressive, right? And I think the first time that we had a card in China after their ultimate fighter, I think a lot of our takeaways was that a lot of the fighters based in China still have a long way to grow until they're ready for the the kind of competition that they're going to face in the UFC. Now, I don't know who these fighters were really. I don't know who their opponents were. Uh, ultimately, I just saw um, some female fighters get some good submissions and ground and pound done, and a couple male fighters have some good performances. So I think that coupled with UFC, I think, Bobby, didn't UFC just say they're going to make some big performance center? It kind of sounds like, yeah, they're trying to build a UFC-China so, I mean, division entirely. Living under a rock, you know, China's kind of the next big big thing. They got a ton of people over there. They need entertainment. They got control of, they got control of the people. They, they got control of the people. Their, their economy, because they're hitting the industrial age, is coming together. People got some in, income, are feeling more comfortable. I mean, of course, the population, the, the pollution over there is, I mean, I, we don't need to get into the economics and uh, environmental things China's getting into, but everyone's trying to get a piece, and it seems like UFC is in that boat, and uh, it seems like the talent's coming along well, so I think this is and, a step in the right direction. You know, it's the other good thing about going to China. Um, I mean, they could just like force people to go to these UFC cards. So yeah. they could get like record box office, uh, you know, gates every time out. Like, hey, go to this UFC card, cheer for Yin Jiang, I think the guy's name was, or go to jail. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm telling you, what, bro. This, you, you, people wonder the WWE in South and Saudi Arabia. Pfft, it just makes sense, guys. You can force people to go to stuff. It's still key. Um, so another thing happened. Um, Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz fought. And Stefan and I picked Chuck Liddell knowing damn well it was a bad idea. And it was somehow worse. Um, you know it's not a good look when people think you're tanking your open workout. So like you're intentionally looking bad. Um, Chuck went out there, looked slow. I mean, the guy, he's a, he's a fighter who depended a lot on reaction time and his chin, quite frankly. And he had a big reach and he was throwing stuff and Tito just wasn't there. Um, he got knocked out, I think like three or four minutes in Marcus. Does that sound right? Um, oh, yeah. it, was, it was in like the last 30 seconds of the oh, yeah. fight. He almost got out of the first. Uh, you can get as much, you can run as much as you want, and uh, your chin's gone, your chin's gone, man. Um, the Athletic Commission tried to justify this after the fact, because everybody's like, the fuck did we just watch? Um, athletic Commission guy said, hey, he beat him the first two times, which is fine and all, but it's 04 and 06. So, um, Mike, I told you, though, I, I, te- I was texting with you, where I told you there was a brief moment on Saturday... Where I saw, like, it's Chuck Liddell versus Tito Ortiz, and I saw it. And it wasn't the Tito part, where I, but it was the Chuck part where I had, like, a brief moment of nostalgia of, like, hey, man, Chuck Liddell's fighting tonight. And then reality set in maybe, like, eight seconds after that. But there was, like, a moment there where I kind of got it, where I understood what we were going for here. Um, that, that was some yeah. sad shit, Mike. <laughs> you know, there seems to be some of that, a lot of that sentiment on Twitter. Because I think when you actually went to the hashtag, there seems to be a lot of people that were excited on some level to see Chuck Liddell fighting again. But then remembering that it isn't 2007, it's 2018 and Chuck Liddell's an old, old man. And even when he retired like seven years ago, his chin was beyond glass. 
Um, Mike, uh, Tito Ortiz says they did 200,000 pay-per-view buys. So my question to you is, if you were smoking the same shit that Tito Ortiz is smoking, how many buckets of fried chicken do you think you could eat? Hmm. How many pieces of chicken are in a normal bucket? Let's go eight. Let's assume eight. Standard chicken, you know, breakdown. And under this scenario, I am smoking the shit that Tito smoked before he said it had 200K. Yes. Uh, I'm going to go with a solid three buckets. So I, don't I, have, I don't have that big a stomach. I was going to say, man, I think after two, regardless of whatever you're taking. I mean, Mark, I don't know. But I mean, I think for me, it's two. Like, I don't think I can do more than 60 pieces of chicken, regardless of what you give me. Like, you could tell me yeah. that's the antidote to, antidote to whatever I'm poisoned with. That's sure. All- <laughs> I'll, I'll say for this scenario, I'll say two buckets of chicken. But um, ultimately, I guess it's hearsay, right? Because we're not, I mean, are we ever going to get, I mean, could, could Meltzer maybe get I'm, 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 we need Meltzer to call who he calls honestly i bet Meltzer knows the fight t- fight tv people i bet, I bet. I'm interested because i mean this is the thing i don't think 200 uh 200,000 seems like a bit of a stretch not because of their drawing power because i think that I, I honestly think if this was promoted really good it could get 200k because there's just like, like we've mentioned many times before there is a large large fan base for tito and I think there's an ex- a very large fan base for Chuck because, I mean, you have to remember, Chuck broke into the mainstream. This dude was booking movies. And if you heard Chuck Liddell talk, you know it's not because he has a great acting voice or anything like that. It's because he was, he was a a memorable fight. He looked like a UFC fighter. He had the mohawk. He had the, the mutton chops. He had a big beer belly. I mean, he kind of fit the role well. And he is, I think, highly recognizable to the casual fan. So I feel like if this if this event was marketed more, I don't think 200K is out of the realm of possibility. Just knowing how it was marketed and that I never saw any marketing outside of our conversations or being on MMA sites like we talked about. And unless you're a hardcore fan, you there's a very good chance you didn't know that this was going on. Um, but I, I'm really curious to see how it did on pay-per-view and, and to see if, what is it, Golden Boy promotions? It, it didn't promote I think they did such a bad job, though, man. Like, but I agree with you. I don't think I did not see the promotional arm of this organization really do much to promote this fight. But I mean, let's say it was successful. Let's hypo, you know, hypothetically say it did get two hundred thousand buys. Is Golden Boy going to put on another fight, an MMA fight? If so, who are they going to use to start? Because nobody was signed to more than a one fight deal. Right. So so what is the next move if they want if this was successful and they're like, oh, we really got something here. How do they even replicate this with two fighters? I mean, Chuck's obviously not going to fight again, I hope. Right. Because there was a curiosity with this fight. Does he still have it? Did seven years not getting punched in the face make his chin any better? There is questions we could ask ourselves and and think about. But now we, we know the reality that Randy he, Couture ooh, and, and Tito. Randy versus Tito. Randy, nice. Randy's what? 60? How old's Randy? Oh, God. And, and Bobby, who, who are you picking in that fight? We saw Randy beat Tito. I'm picking Randy, actually. I would pick Randy in that Dude, fight. I can't keep picking Tito. Tito, he still fights, man. Tito says he retired. But well, he retired before this fight, and I guess after he probably I, I think he retired after this fight, his last Bellator fight, his last UFC fight. Can we I get mean, Ken Shamrock up in here again? Dude, oh, Ken, that's... Ken Shamrock, you got you could you pay Ken Shamrock a ham sandwich, you know, and pay for his hotel room. He will he will fight the, whoever you want to fight. But okay. you know, um, 
they're really i really don't see the point of this it seemed like it really was just a one shot because you would think at least maybe they signed maybe some young promising guy and they hyped him as well as maybe the co-main i mean oscar literally did not know anyone else's name did you, you know what's the sad the part the guy said? the guy who is the co-main tom lawler and the other guy because that guy actually the mma people noticed him at least <laughs> he says he's five foot five and weighs 225 pounds he fought at 205 and beat up Tom Lawler. Yeah, Mike, the Oscar didn't give a shit. He couldn't say, uh, he kept saying, what's his name's wrong, wrong? Was he saying Liddell wrong? Liddell. Yeah. Like, he kept saying Liddell. I don't, I don't know, man. Randy, for people keeping score, is 55 years old. He could beat them. Well, that's not too bad. <laughs> Randy looks like he's in good shape. Whatever Randy's taking, he's, you know, he's taking the right supplements. He's looking good these days. Surprised he wasn't one of the guys doing commentary. You know, what What the fuck is Frank Mir up to? Is he even under contract? The Bellator have contracts. Can people just leave Bellator? Because I thought Tito was under contract. So. I don't know. Get Fedor. Have Fedor fight Tito. I think Fedor might still be on the contract with Bellator. I mean, this is M1. No isn't Fedor still like in the tournament? <laughs> okay. when he After he loses to Ryan Bader. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know where they go from here. If they do another thing, I, I love that suggestion of Randy Couture, though. That has got me excited. I hope Oscar listens to this and is Ma- like, Mark, you're, you, Mark, you are the audience. Even though you didn't pay yeah, for I'm, it, I'm not one of these guys that is all like, oh, athletic commission. How could you let this? Ha-? The dude wanted to fight. They test him. He passed. That's I, it. That's how it. They, how do you test him? Do you stand there and swing a two by four to see if he stays standing? <laughs> You go to the doctor, you do the CAT scans, you test the blood, you make sure he's not on any shit, you make sure that he is physically able, just like every other person that goes to the commission, is able to compete in this sport. And as long as he is, hey, they're not his fucking mother. They're not going to tell him what to fucking do. He's a 46, 8, eight 52-year-old eight. man, and he can do whatever the fuck he wants. And I'm not here to tell him not. This is fucking America, all right? 48, 48 years old, a mohawk. Uh, I didn't get Mike's mohawk. Mm. Mike just said 48 years old with a mohawk. With the sound of just derision and sadness. He's a brand. He's a brand, Mike. You wouldn't know. You're not a brand. You don't have to keep the style on brand. He's a brand. He's the ice man. He's got the mohawk. And honestly, that I don't is, think that is true. Could you imagine him with it like long hair? Like any other hairdo, he's just gonna look like a freak. So he's he's keeping it classy. Although but you do right. gotta say he's still got some pretty good plate coverage because the Mohawk was still pretty consistent all the way down. Dude, I like Tito didn't come out to Eminem. Eminem Eminem shit talk to president. Tito don't play that shit anymore. Right? No. Oh, I don't, I don't, that's not the hill I'd die on, but all right. Tito loves the president. Oh, Tito. okay. Now I'm less in favor. I, now I now we need Randy Couture to come back as Captain America. More. Dude, who do you think Randy Couture voted for? Yeah, <laughs> no, no, don't crush all my heroes. Come Dude, on. Randy Couture. I mean, you know, Steve Rogers probably would have voted for Donald Trump, right? No, nah, he wouldn't have. No, no way. Well, okay, no integrity. Yeah, no, he wouldn't. Have. He would have punched Steve. Trump right in the chops come and on. been like, "Come on, man, red skull." He's gonna rip off that hair and be like, "This fucking red skull, you idiot." Steve Rogers is a white dude born in Brooklyn in the 1920s. Steve Rogers is an FDR Democrat. Right? <laughs> By definition. For immigration. He's not going to deal with all this racist bullshit. Don't bring down Steve Rogers. Do you think, 
Do you think Brooklyn in the 1920s and 30s when Steve Rogers was there was supposed like some bastion of democratic ideals? Come on, man. Get, get your head out your ass. Uh, you're so wrong. You're just fucking right. wrong. You know what? You know what? I, don't, I don't mean to get us off track. How about we get back to MMA? Fuck that. Who cares? What, what, what are we going to talk about? I literally, folks, I wrote the rundown. We actually prepare for this podcast uh, in that I make a list of what we're going to talk about. Let me tell you what our new top, next two topics are. Oh, uh, and uh, all right? <laughs> we ain't got shit to say, all right? <laughs> wait, so what you're saying is that one of my uh, patented tangents that I actually haven't done for a long time is actually very useful now. Well, it's not about motherfuckers dancing, all right? <laughs> Best thing that happened is Mike started watching wrestling in the background of this podcast instead of dancing with the fucking stars. Well, the season just ended last week, so. Oh, God damn it. I can tell you one. one Captain America one. hangs out with way too many minorities for him to have voted for Trump, all right? That doesn't mean much. Donald Trump had Omarosa in the White House. <laughs> Sam, Wilson, Sam Wilson could be Steve Rogers and Omarosa. You don't know. <laughs> I, oh my God! No, you, you all you're showing, Mike, is a lack of information about the moral standings of one Steve Rogers, aka Captain America. You're just showing your ignorance. Is all you're doing. Steve Rogers might be shitting on Sam Wilson when he's not looking. This Sam, oh, guy, you know he's, he's very low energy. Very they low wanted to, Mike. Let me explain to you. They wanted to register all the goddamn heroes. All right, they wanted to track him. They're treating the heroes. This is an allegory for immigrants. All right. They, all right. Captain America wasn't cool with that shit. All right. Wasn't cool with it. This is spoilers for anybody who didn't see, I don't know, Civil War. Let's go with. I think. Bobby, you have to do this because right now the listeners are confused. They think Captain America might be some fucking neo-Nazi because Mike here is throwing his propaganda all over the place without rhyme or reason. Fake news. Shut I mean, up. you realize that just a year ago, there was a storyline that, uh, Steve Rogers was in Hydra, right? Those, oh, that's literally that, that's literally the Nazis. Mike, that wasn't actually Steve Rogers, motherfucker. If you would have read it like I did, because I got oh! right here, you know that wasn't really Steve Rogers. That's fake news, bro. That shit was Steve Rogers. It wasn't. You didn't read the comics, son. You just read the, the wiki breakdowns. You're not I read, I read, the, whole I read the headlines, bro. That's yeah, more important. You're part of this millennial news fake do, do you know what's impressive we started this podcast late as usual we're like i don't know half an hour in almost and stefan's not here that's the impressive part <laughs> yeah but the more impressive part bobby is we're already through um two so we're, uh, we're not um two <laughs> like i mean okay let's just keep going um I'm, you know what folks this is what we're going to talk about because i don't have the energy to act like i give a shit what john jones talks about that's the only news i saw that john I, jones have, went on I, haven't, uh, I haven't seen his uh first take uh or his interview with ariel did he say I, anything worthwhile i think he just talked about he's not a cheater but then he's not sober he just still drinks and smokes weed which i mean if that's all he's gonna do i mean well okay that's me too so <laughs> Yeah, but you're not a professional fighter in like the prime of his career. It's like, look, drinking, fine. I think you know, the prime was five years ago. You know why drinking's fine? Because it's on the list of shit you can do and still fight. You can do weed also. You can do weed. You can't get caught with weed, though. Yeah, you can. 
Can you? They don't care about weed anymore? They don't care about weed unless you get so, the, you so a very weed. low level. You basically got to be smoking it right before you get in the, into the Yeah, aqueduct. you can't pull a Cynthia Calvillo. Cynthia Calvillo. Okay, regardless of the stature, you know what? He has a bad record with this shit. How about you just don't smoke weed? You can do whatever you want ever that, that is legally to be in your system. I don't give a fuck. But don't be doing shit that's going to jeopardize yourself because you already are in jeopardy. Yeah. You get double jeopardy? I don't know what the rules of law yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, you cheated twice already. And by yeah. cheated, I, they said you can't do stuff, and then you did the stuff. You did the stuff. But Mark, I, just in case you want to know, double jeopardy is you can't be tried for the same crime twice. If now, you smoke weed on two separate occasions, that's not double jeopardy. Yeah, same but, crime from the same incident. <laughs> but do you also get double points? Like, like on your license? Double jeopardy, you get double points, right? Oh, Jesus Christ. How are we 300 episodes in? Oh, <laughs> gotcha. You know what? The viewers at home, they, they lapped it up. They're all Jeopardy fans. They love my pun there. They think you guys are a couple morons for not getting it. Oh, well, no. Oh, you wanted to be correct. You should have said, do you get a daily double? This is double point shit. They've never heard daily that in Jeopardy. Point. I don't know how Jeopardy works. No, daily oh, maybe daily double is the one you get double. Do you know what's on TV right now? I could be watching instead of talking to you guys. Seven oh seven. Jeopardy's on at seven. Well, Jeopardy's okay. <laughs> put it on mute when they when they get a double Jeopardy. Get us the point breakdown. We're a <laughs> there's double Jeopardy actually, and then there's also the daily double. The daily double. There's well, both. You get double the points. Double and Jeopardy is the next second round where they just give you twice as much money for each question. That's double Jeopardy, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, and then daily double is when you bet. You bet. To your, you bet up to the the entirety of your score, or what you have, basically. You yeah, bet that that's, much. that's that's when you pick a category, and that cool sound comes out. Doo -doo 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 and, then, and then somebody talks to you in like the video screen sometimes. Yeah. If they have, you know. Okay. Um. Uh. Yeah, man. I'm not talking about John Jones. The fucking the fucking Rachel Ostovich story just bummed me the fuck out. I was gonna mention that was the only. Yeah. Reason. Yeah. Hopefully she. Uh. Hopefully that's you know. Hopefully, those who are hopefully, if those accused are guilty, they are punished accordingly. That was, a, really that was her uh, her husband. Right? Yeah, it was her husband. Yeah, I like that strong line you put up. Hopefully. Dude, I don't know what to say. This, what am I gonna say? Like he, he, he I was like that couldn't be more of a middle of the road. Like, if how it, about this? Whoever whoever put her in the hospital should be punished greatly. And if it's him, he should be punished greatly. I mean, we're pretty, we, we all agree with you, Bobby. That is a pretty lukewarm take, man. What I mean, am I supposed to say, man? Who's going to disagree with you on that? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know why I even brought it up. It's the best stance to take on. You could throw in any scenario. And it's just like, I hope the people that did wrong get punished for it. It's like, Bobby, that is the that best is, you could have for that is, I'm, I don't want a goddamn... Like anytime anybody says anything, there's a salon.com article, there's a Huffington Post article. I don't need some 23 year old to write an article about us. All right. Though actually, that'd be helpful. I was going to so, say, that, like, that would be, I take it back. You know what? Let, I want someone to write an article about one of us saying that the fucking, fucking Captain America would have voted for Donald Trump. All right. Thank you, Wilder. That right. article is probably already out there. There's a lot uh, of right wing websites out there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know what happened in MMA history. It was it's Thanksgiving week, man. Not a lot happened. How about that? Not a lot happened. Um, but we can play twenty questions. We can do that. That we can, and we just we got our guesser member in. Could could be in the house. Oh, also, just one last thing on Captain America. 
He is literally the epitome of what the Nazis wanted. A blonde-haired, blue-eyed superhuman. He was literally... He fought the Nazis! He was the enemy! He punched so many Nazis! Right? He punched so many Nazis. He helped win World War II. It's like, oh man, this thing that we're trying to fight for is beating the shit out of us. Maybe we need to reprioritize our motives and priorities. Anyways, I do have a fighter up here that could be a tough one, could be easy. It all depends on the questions you ask and where they lead you. So the boys are going to have 20 yes or no questions to figure out who the fighter I'm thinking of. They On that 20th question, they have to guess a fighter. If they guess incorrectly, they're wrong for this week. Incorrectly, they, they win the game. I mean, no- Let me put it this way. Hey, I'm going to put this out there right now. If you're one of the people who manages to download this podcast in the two or so hours, it's actually up Monday night. If you message me, if you message us on Twitter, and I get it before, I don't know, let's say before 2 a.m. California time. Now, you know what? Okay? I want to see a message from you. You say you downloaded that shit. You get to pick. You get to message Mark and make your and pick the next question. I think All right, next, next fighter we pick. I've really set up a scenario here where nobody's going to message us because nobody's listening to the podcast in these two hours. But if it's a thing, you get to choose. All right? You get to – Mark will email you, and you get to tell them who you want him to build this 20 questions. Right I mean, well, let's be real. Bob, what's our email address? They can just do that now. If you are so invested in this podcast that you're going <laughs> to be a part of it, you don't have to do some weird stipulation where you get it right within the first two hours. That's insane. How about you just want us to guess a fighter, and we can just do that? It's amazing at gmail.com. Fuck it. If you guys got somebody. Be part um, of the show. Yeah. Um, God okay. willing, somebody, somebody relevant. Don't give me like fucking like James Wilkes. Like we can't talk about who he is. Want the boys to have a fighting chance. You'll notice the fighters I pick sometimes slightly obscure, but known well known enough that not only does Bobby know who's you know the brain here. He he has Bobby pulls out shit that I've, I I know these guys. I'm like I didn't know you did that. But even you know someone who who got on a little bit later like Mike. I want to make sure Mike knows this person too. I want him to be in the game. And not just pick some random fucking dude that no one's going to know. Because that's not fun. Exactly. I hear, oh, God, I have a fighter here that is male or female. I didn't just give you one for free. <laughs> it could be difficult to pick. So let, let's let's get it started. And you already got one on me, so you really cut it down. All right. Uh, Stefan, why don't you lead us off here, man? Uh, hi, I'm here. Uh, yeah. Very fashionably late, showing in at 20 questions. Um what was the gimme that Mark gave away? Nothing. It was a dude. <laughs> um, active UFC fighter? Uh, no, they are not an active UFC fighter. So that's do, you know what's, do you know what's a real problem for us? Mark has figured out my paths to knowledge come from the guy fought for a belt or the guy was on the Ultimate Fighter, okay? And, and Mark only saw the Ultimate Fighter seasons I did too, so it doesn't matter if they weren't in the last, like, six, all right? So Mark's closing all these doors. We're having, we're going to have a problem this week. I mean, look, at doors are already closing. We've been doing this for, like, five months. It's hard to remember who I haven't already picked, let alone ones that might give you a little trouble. So, if that, uh, if whatever no, notepad you have next to your computer was to disappear, how screwed would you be? I mean, I, I don't even know where it is now, Bobby. <laughs> it's an envelope that has hundreds of scratch marks on it. Mark, who's the, who's the guy last week? Dude, uh, let me see. Do I have it here? <laughs> you got it, right? Uh, it was a good one, too. I, I, think, I, I think... Oh, I think it was uh, 
Crunkshank. Darren Crunkshank. Oh, yeah. That, 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 I'm taking credit for that one. I'm proud of that one. That was good. Okay. But we have a new game, Bobby. We're right Okay, Mike, go ahead. Did this guy fight at 205 or above? Uh, yes, this this gentleman does fight at 205 or above. So we got a dude who Mark just gave away does, so he still fights. Um, he's not oh, an active. Oh, there you go. Not, Mike, uh, Stefan, did you say he's not an active fighter or he is an active fighter? He is person? not an active UFC fighter. No, 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 no. Yeah, UFC fighter. So Mark kind of gave away that he's an active fighter. Um, or, or maybe you're insinuating too much, but you do you. Okay. Um, has this person ever fought in the UFC? Uh, yes, they have fought in the UFC. Are they American? Uh, they are American. <clears throat> My favorite question. Are they white? Uh, this gentleman does happen to be Caucasian. And that's a fact. Has this person held a major championship in Bellator, UFC, Strikeforce, all the major organizations? Yes, I'm saying yes. Okay. <sighs> Let's get some promotion. That's what I would do. Did did they Is fight? He... All right, go ahead, Steph. Oh, I was just gonna ask if uh, they fought in Pride. Uh, they did fight in Pride. Mike, this person Russian. Um, Seeing no. as I asked if he was American and the answer was yes, I would guess that he is. Don't answer that question. Don't answer that question. You <laughs> asked the fucking question. No, 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 no. But he hasn't answered yet. He hasn't answered yet. So I'm able to retract it. Yeah, he did answer it. Jesus Christ. Shit. Don't worry. That's my bad. Uh, Jesus. Mike Zone. Mike Zone. How many questions? What question number was that? Three? That was. Nah. Oh, uh, it was around there. Four. Mike zoned out after four questions. Right? Um, I was busy Mark, thinking about what my question was going to be. Mark, was this person? It doesn't mean he's Russian or not. Mark, was this person champion okay. in Pride? Uh, were they a Pride champion? Uh, they were not. Okay. So, should we even ask this person was the UFC champion? Because that seems like a like he yeah would not, he wouldn't do that. So, should we just pick another organization? He said he was a champion in a major organization. Yeah. And not Bellator. And he fought at 205 or above. So I'm thinking Strike Force. That'd be my guess. Uh let's get more specific on the uh I would want to get more specific on the weight class. That would be my okay. next question. Is to, so go ahead. Is he a heavyweight? Uh yes, they are a heavyweight combatant. There we go. So We're at 10 right now. American heavyweight champions should narrow the field down. Okay, so well. he's not Bellator. It's let's assume not UFC for now. Who are what are the other organizations we could have a heavyweight champion out of? Strike Force, yeah. Uh, I don't, uh, I, if it's not Strike Force or Pride, do we count the rest as major organizations? Like, I don't count Bodog or does uh, one have a uh, heavyweight champ? It's uh, Brandon Vera, he is for sure not white. Mm -hmm. Um. Mark, was this person champion in Strike Force? Uh, they weren't. So I also have a question for you. So Brandon Vera is not white. He's too tan. <laughs> uh, Brandon Vera is Filipino. Is Stefan white? That's my question. If Stefan's white, Brandon Vera is white. I'm white. Brandon Vera is white. Yeah. 
Fair enough. The, the Filipino guy who comes out to the Is Filipino black eyed piece song. Wait, Mark, did you did you really think Brandon Vera was white? No, it, I, 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 it's questionable. I think Brandon Vera. <laughs> If you, if you, it is it is for sure not questionable. <laughs> okay, Mark, is this person? Okay. He looks like he looks like Stefan took a Mario mushroom. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know if I would agree with that. <laughs> okay, um, Mark, is this person in in one FC or whatever they're calling one FC? Uh, no. It's not Brandon Vera after all that. No, I wasn't. I, I was clarifying because if it was Brandon Vera, I might have been a little daunted. <laughs> <sighs> have we established if he's in Bellator? Bobby said not Bellator, but I don't remember it coming up. I asked if it, the person was uh, a Bellator champion. Oh, didn't I? I don't think you did. That's why I was a little confused because I, I asked you about from... fucking Bellator. I asked you something about Bellator. What did I ask you? You, you just asked a major promotion. Because well, yeah, you never asked about Bellator. Champion of a major major promotion, he said UFC strike. Somebody asked Bellator. Then I thought I asked about Bellator. Is he in Bellator? Uh, is he in Bellator? I think the question was, he a champion in Bellator? Yeah. Is what we want. Oh, okay. Is he a champion in Bellator? Is or was a champion in Bellator? Is or was a champion in Bellator? No. I don't believe he held a belt in a major organization then. I challenge. Well, how many questions are we on? Organization. Uh, how many questions? Now. Was this person right. a champion what? in the UFC? Uh, yes, they were a champion in the UFC. Oh, Jesus Christ. All right. There's not that many white. Should we ask champions. if he's if it's actually a heavyweight title, if this person held one of those fucking super fight things? How about no, that? No, I don't think he I don't think he'd be that uh specific. I think he would be. <laughs> also, those are technically heavyweight championships. And first start thinking of who are the white Americans who've ever been any type of heavyweight champion. Tim Sylvia. What's that? Mark uh, Coleman. Mark Coleman. Randy Couture. Randy Couture. Josh Barnett. But I feel like Mark's definitely talked about him already. Um, What's the name of the guy? Oh, he wasn't uh, white. Rico. He wasn't white. Rico wasn't white, though. Yeah. Rico's Mexican, isn't he? He is, but yeah, he's Mark, real light skinned. Mark, Mark might confuse him for white. Yeah, um, I'm looking at Brandon Vera because I think he's half. <laughs> and if you're half, Mark, you know the rules. Of the United States, yeah, you're definitely you're... not white if you're half anything. <laughs> if you're eighty percent white, if you're anything, I if, you're, if, if you're one eighth anything, you're not. And hey, Mark, have you ever said that the president before Donald Trump uh, was our like forty fifth white president? 44th. 40 Just, whatever. It gets it gets a little oh, here he is. Filipino and Italian. So he's half and half. So what the fuck am I supposed to do with a half and a half person when you guys just say is he white? He's not white. He's not white. Yeah, he's he's white. not white. <laughs> if he's mixed, he's not white. That looks like like next time Dean Lister is half Mexican and we didn't fucking know, and you guys get on my case. I'm the like, man the man used to come out with a Filipino flag on his shorts. I'm just that's the, the it's, it's a tough question to ask. It's very broad. <laughs> and then you guys get my butt about it, and I'm just saying it's it's not as easy as you think. But it's not Brandon Berry, don't worry. Okay. I am leaning that it's Mark Coleman because he's the only one I know that was a UFC heavyweight champion and fought in pride. 
Why don't you ask if the person was uh, went to Ohio State? Did this person's daughters cry in the ring after a famous loss? Not that I'm aware of. Okay, it's not Mark Coleman. Then. I mean, you realize maybe Mark just isn't aware of that. Mark would be uh, aware of it. It's a very famous moment where Mark Coleman gets his like shit kicked in, and then they bring in his crying, sobbing daughters to the ring for some reason who just witnessed their father get pulverized. It's a very famous moment in Pride. Um... Frank Mir never fought in Pride, right? I'm not talking out my ass here, right? That didn't happen? Ugh, not to my knowledge. No, nah, he didn't. He was a, he was a UFC mean, lifer, wasn't he? Okay, um... Marcus... Okay, Shane Carwin didn't fight in Pride. I mean, Barnett doing, did, but I just feel like Barnett was a UFC champion. He was, a, he was interim champion. I don't know if that counts in this equation, but he that was. Might, that might count for Mark. <laughs> Mike's questioning the whole system. <laughs> No, 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 no. That would count. Ambiguous ass fucking questions. And then when you <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't I don't think interim champ is ambiguous no. though. I don't think ambiguous I... champion is that's a champion. I mean Can uh... I ask a question? Is this uh That's what the game's all about, Bobby? Are we are we are we talking specifically <laughs> about the heavyweight was this person heavyweight champion? Not super fight champion, not tournament champion. Was he the heavyweight champion? No, he was not a heavyweight champion. All oh right, my God. It, it, it's fucking Ken Shamrock or Dan Severn. That's the answer. So, who? What question are we on? Uh, fourteen. Jesus. Okay, this person. So, had uh, a mus- did uh, did this person result in D'Lo Brown wearing a baseball catcher chest pad for like seven years due to his torn pectoral? I don't know if that was real or not, but he was involved. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yes. This is Mark's uh, favorite person to play the video game with and lean against the guy to a decision. This would be the uh, most hilarious yet infuriating way to watch Mark play this game was as this gentleman. (laughs) Go ahead and close it, Bobby. The Beast. Yeah. It's the Beast. Yeah, it's the Beast. It's the Beast. I say, yes, good job, guys. Uh, Yeah. No, this week I did pick Dan Severin. I I was thinking, Ken, earlier... Um, because we had the old man fight this weekend, Ken has an established relationship with Tito Ortiz. But then, you know, I stumbled upon Dan Severin in. Oh boy, is this guy a fucking Wikipedia page to read or what? Um, one of the things we talked about, and one of the things we like most in some of our champions is these guys that become multi champions, right? And they bring out the belts. You got your Conor McGregor. Well, guess what, motherfuckers? He stole that from Dan Severn because that was his whole gimmick is this fucker would get a title in every wrestling tournament he entered. And his whole pro wrestling shtick was he'd come out with all the belts, the UFC, the NW, uh, NWA, all of his res- wrestling titles and all this shit. And uh, yeah, that was kind of his shtick as a pro wrestler, which I didn't know. He, he was more established as a pro wrestler than I thought because I only really knew him of the, for the WWE stint, which he was there for about a year or so. Um, but yeah, he was in NWA, which is was that probably the National Wrestling Association, National Wrestling Alliance, which was a kind of the way non WWF territories tried to be organized for a while. Yeah, it was before a big, they got their big, shit, before they got their shit pushed in. But yeah, yeah, and then also known as someone who's had the I think he's the him in uh, Travis Fulton, who I think we also had on twenty questions, are the only two MMA fighters to have over a hundred victories. Uh, Dan Severin's at 101 right now. I'm really glad you guys didn't ask me if he's an active fighter. 
because that's a little wishy-washy because I guess back in uh, uh, 2016, he was going to fight Ken Shamrock again, but Ken was too hurt from ripping his groin against Hoist Gracie. He couldn't make the fight. And then he failed like some drug tests and shit, and it was just all went to hell. And he hasn't fought in since 2012, so I was going to say he's not active, even though a couple years ago he wanted to get back in there. So that would have been a little dicey. Marcus, do you know what I really like about this van? I like young Bobby and young Mark watching a videotape called King of the Deathmatch 95. And we're watching a bunch of fucked up matches. And all of a sudden, Dan Severn comes out and has a regular wrestling match with a Japanese guy. In the middle of Mick Foley and everybody else lighting themselves on fire. I don't remember that at all. Oh, oh, it was great. It was so boring. We fast forwarded it every time. I think that like you don't remember a lot of Dan Severance fights because as much as I love the guy because he is a pure wrestler through and through. He has the sexiest mustache I've ever seen. He is not a very exciting fighter. And he's had two of easily the most boring fights. Um, the most historic one being his second fight against Ken Shamrock where he won the um, super fight title. Which, I mean, I, maybe we should establish this now, too. I was counting super fight titles. Do we count tournament wins as well? If he won a UFC 5 tournament, is that going to be a belt that we consider for the major organizations? Maybe we need to clarify that after the show or something. Um, but, yeah, uh, he also had another historically awful fight. If you think he couldn't do it again, he does it again with Kimo in, um, I think it was Pride 1. It was... It's really tough. I'd have to watch those two side by side again to really give you analysis of which one was more boring. It might have been the pride fight. Actually, I think literally nothing happened. Um, but yeah, after that, he, you know, Dan Severin can have really exciting matches, but he is a wrestler through and through. He's also one of the, I think, like probably one of the nicest dudes in the sport. You know, he's never had any like real beefs with anyone. He just seems like the most genuine, helpful, friendly guy in MMA. I, that, that, that's always the feeling. I, every every interview I've seen him, he's always just smiles and he loves the sport. He loves wrestling. He opened a big sports complex and I think he was in he lives in Michigan or something. So he has a big Michigan gym that he does a bunch of he does kickboxing, wrestling, judo, and pro wrestling there. So I've always I've always had a soft spot for Dan Severn. So I like listening you, you, to like old stuff about how like Vince McMahon just like he they wanted to they they couldn't get like anything out of out of Severn, out of like charisma or character like he had nothing for them at all. yeah i mean mark kind of glossed over it by just stating his record but i remember being excited on dan Severn's quest for 100 wins 100 wins this man has fought forever uh we got know we give uh guys like fulton a lot of crap out there but uh to my knowledge, Dan Severn is the first person to hit 100 uh, century of official wins. Uh, if you probably don't count uh, Hickson's probably 2000 and 0 record that he personally keeps. Yeah. Hickson um, is the greatest of all time. So I disrespect that. What a. He has like a record of like 101 and 17. What type of tomato cans has he been fighting for the last like 80 fights? I think he beat up Shannon Rich like five times. Yeah, it's it's all Wikipedia, baby. They'll give you the breakdown of each and every fight on that record. I mean, I think what you're taking away is that, like, yeah, he has a lot of wins. There's probably some padding in there, but look at those losses. He's not even hit 20 losses. He has over 100 fights. That's pretty fucking good. It I think I watched him beat up Forrest Griffin, like a young Forrest Griffin. I think I watched that on YouTube. That might be something I saw. That's one of the pants he beat, according to Mike. But, you know, Mike gets tired watching uh, Jock Ray and uh, Weidman fight, so... Lack, was it Lackluster or Lack Ho-Hum? Luster, what was it? Yeah, what? It was Ho-Hum. It was Ho-Hum. <laughs> 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 a much higher standard for the sport than I do, obviously. So. Um, 
Dan Severn, though, legend. Pay your, you know. Everybody, uh, all the all the Hall of Fames. You can't deny this dude. He's yeah. a workhorse. If you if you try to confuse him and Don Fry, he's the one with the mustache who's not interesting. And he Don... just the black briefs. <laughs> Don Fry's gonna rock a, a American flag brief, and and, and Severin's a little heavier. You know, he, he's not as cut as as a Don Fry is, but very similar. They got the same stash going on. You said Severn seems like a really you know like nice guy. Uh, Don Fry is a very surly fellow. That is a very surly. Oh, very had, had one too many whiskeys. The one time I met him, my hero Don Fry, and I asked him, Don Fry, will I ever have a mustache as full as yours? And he said, probably not. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was done with that conversation. I've seen Mark have a few <laughs> awkward conversations with celebrities. I didn't see that one, but I like I saw Josh Barnett have no interest in talking to Mark. I saw I saw Mark yelling stuff at Rob Van Dam for no reason, and Rob Van Dam got weirdly annoyed with you, if I remember correctly. <laughs> like, wrong way. You're probably feeling it now, listening to the show. <laughs> I think you just kept yelling at Rob Van Dam. Where's like Bill Alfonso, which is a manager? You're like, where's Fonzie? Yeah, he didn't bring fucking Fonzie with him when he hit yeah. the big time. Shows you the kind of uh, loyalty that man has. <laughs> All right. Um. Let's make some fight picks, um, which uh, there. I don't know why there are two cards. I don't know why there's two Bellator cards. There's a lot of MMA, and I think if you combine all four cards, you'd have one like pretty good fight night. There's some good stuff in here, to be honest. There, it's sprinkled with some decent shit. I just don't understand why there's one one night and one another night. Like, I I probably I don't understand. One of these is a tough thing, so maybe that just works on its own Fox schedule, but. Yeah, uh, can I watch? Are these both on Fox? I thought one of them was on Fight Pass, so I can. What time do I need to wake up to watch Junior Dos Santos and Tuivasa? Like, is that like? Are they making Australian people like? No, because one's the one's the Ultimate Fighter finale, so that's not going to be on Fight Pass because they have Fox. Yeah, and the other one's a Fight Night, but I guess Fight Nights could be on Fight Pass. It said when I went on MMA Jump. I'm gonna look this up while we're talking. Um, but I was the UFC website. Oh, what? real quickly, they're booking Dillashaw versus Cejudo, but it's for the uh, Cejudo's belt for a division they're going to close? Yeah. Sure. Fucking sh- Why not? Or maybe TJ is going to save that division, even though he specifically said that he was Look, I don't, I don't particularly – I mean, they're both great fighters. I think TJ losing would be pretty great in this regard. I, I think the favorites, obviously TJ being the bigger guy, but I think there is a real possibility Henry could get it done, but that's a conversation for another podcast. So, uh, by the way, the one on Friday is at 7 PM PS uh, Pacific time, uh, Pacific standard time. And they're going to make the people in Australia go to go there at a fucked up time. Um, Mike, I need you to turn off whatever the hell is in the background. Um, Dos Santos versus Tui Vasa is also on at 7 PM the next day though. So yeah, Bobby, I'm not getting up early. Make them stay up late. <laughs> I would, I would happily wake up at like at 10 a.m. and watch day JDS until. I mean, I actually fucking prefer that. But okay, so what are we picking on this first card? I said we're gonna put on this this tough finale. None of us watch tough. You guys know that at this point. Um, let's pick. We're gonna pick. Is it just one fight, or did I come up with a second one to do in this? Oh, Benavidez and Alex Perez. Joseph Benavidez, Alex Perez. Uh, I think they were already booked to fight a few weeks ago. Um. Or somebody was... I don't know. Benavidez is going to fight somebody. They're fighting right now. Um, Stefan Benavidez is a underdog to this gentleman, Perez. Um, 
Benavidez coming into this one at plus 115 to Perez's minus 135. Um, Alex Perez has been, had a decent number of UFC fights, actually. Um, four so far. He is 4-0. He came off of the Contender Series. He is 21-4, and and he's 26 years old, fighting out of Lamore. He's, he's fighting out of Timo Yama. So, no one's got a fucking picture of this guy. I can't even see if I even know who he is. Uh, Timo Yama, though. T- Look, I'm, no offense to Timo. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Offense to Timo Yama. If you're fighting out of Timo Yama in 2018, I got a real hard ceiling on how far I think you're going to make it. <laughs> All right? <laughs> I got a real hard ceiling, okay? Um, Mark, you want to go first in this one? Uh, sure. Um, One second. Is Mike, what, is Mike tied for first now? Did that happen? Yes, it did. Okay, fine. Uh, Mark, who do you got? Probably be proud of picking your bullshit card that I wanted nothing to do with in any facet. I didn't even want to entertain this. Why are you mad? Why are you mad? (laughs) Mark, make your pick, please. Yeah, uh, I I think that I think this fight. I'm going with Benavidez. I think I picked Benavidez in the other fight. I don't think he was going to fight Alex Perez. I think it was Borg. Yeah, I think it was Borg. But Borg pulled out, and that's what happened. And then, yeah, I mean, I think you can question Benavides. Um, He obviously had a a long uh, absence, like almost a two-year absence, and then he lost to Sergio. Um, I think that was a big win for Sergio. I think Benavides. I think he's still motivated and still capable. Um, I think Alex uh, Perez is a like you mentioned, a very up-and-coming fighter um, who maybe could shock people just like uh, Sergio did. But I think the smart money is on Joseph, and that's what I'm calling with. Um, I got Joseph because I'm not going to, in good conscience, pick the other guy here, even though I did that I mean, without seeing him, or at least not remembering him, which I definitely did last week with Overeem. Um, here's the thing. They're fighting for their job. I definitely think, okay, maybe Benavidez isn't, but you're kind of fighting for your job if you're fighting at 125 pounds. This is not the time to lose. Um, the only questionable part of Joseph Benavidez for me right now is that weird, slim, shady haircut, the bleached blonde and shit. Like, I don't know what's going on there. Guys, That just it's real questionable. Um... I got Benavides though. I he's still good. Stefan, what do you think? Um, I dispute the he's still good comment. I don't know that he's still good. I've been predicting Benavides' downfall for some time. His loss to Sergio Pettis really give me a lot of pause because I have not bought into Sergio Pettis this whole time. I don't know who Alex Perez is though. I, I can't pick him. I don't know him for a guy who's had fights. His Wikipedia don't have no photos. And I'm seeing a variety of different people when I'm in the general Google image. I don't know this guy. So I, it's hard to pick that over a known quantity, even if I do think Benavides is kind of at the tail end. Man, like four years ago, there was a 0% chance somebody would have four UFC fights and we wouldn't know who they are. Just want to point that out. I don't Mike, watch MMA anymore. What am I doing yeah. on this podcast, guys? <laughs> I don't watch MMA anymore. Mike, well, you're besides... only on for half of it now. So yeah, <laughs> there you go. Get, get... A, it's uh, like like the like uh, the Rock in professional wrestling. I'm a part timer. I'm a part timer now. Mike, you gonna join us? Or are you gonna go for Perez here? No, I will join you. I've already wasted my quota for the month on picking unknown guys when I picked the guy who fought Reem last week, and at <laughs> least. At least in that case, I thought Reem was completely washed up. Uh, Joseph Benavides is not completely washed up. Joseph Benavides is still pretty damn good. Okay. I mean, in retrospect, maybe we should have picked that other fight. But this, but... Is, this is one where we just all potentially look bad for no one picking the favorite. That's, you know what? That's, I, that's, I that's, think... a, that's another thing that we like to do as a group together. I think the, I think the UFC <laughs> looks bad. If, if the four of us can't know who these people is, they fucked up as a promotion. Um, we're also picking the main event here, which is a goddamn banger. Like, I love this fight so much. 
Um, Rafael Dos Anjos, the man who is without question, in my opinion, the number one contender at 170 pounds. All right. Maybe Covington if it's not him. But RDA is... Oh, wait. RDA lost to Covington. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, how the hell There was somebody else. There was somebody else. There was somebody else who was number one contender, maybe. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, RDA coming off a loss to Covington. Kamaro Usman, last time we saw him, um, he was Damian Maya. He was fighting Damian Maya. And looking as good as one really can look fighting Damian Maya, unless your name is Nate Marquardt. Um, odds on this one. Usman's a big favorite. Um, minus 275. To uh, Dos Anjos is plus 235. I'm going to take um, Usman here. I'm a big fan of this guy. You're not taking and... the undisputed number one welterweight contender, RDA, like you uh, he introduced him? Yeah, my man, you're, you're real mouthy for a guy who was half an hour late. All right? <laughs> um, I got Usman because I think he is better than, than Covington at everything, including uh, wrestling and putting pressure on people. And Kamaru, Kamaru's real name is fucking Kamaru Dean. It's a hell of a name. Um, he, I think he's just better than Covington, and he think he's the things that RDA struggled with against Covington. I don't think RDA got better at going backwards. Let's put it that way. All right? I don't think he got better at that. And I know it's a five-round fight, so Usman better get – I mean, he proved he can go five rounds with Maya, but RDA is a different kind of pressure, quite frankly. So I'm a little nervous at that, but I'm, I'm going to take uh, the young man out of Nigeria. Stefan, what do you think? Uh, I'm going the same way. I got no hype for Usman, though. Um, I've never seen a single impressive performance of his. Uh, he's been a guy who's been all hype in every fight I've seen of him. He's been underwhelming. He's fought down to the level of his competition at times from what I've seen. But like you said, with bringing up Covington, the, the, the book is out on a pressure wrestler. If there's anything that Usman is, he's a power wrestler. So I, th I think there's a very clear blueprint for how he beats RDA in this. That's a fair criticism also, fighting down to his opponent. There was like, there's times where I've seen him fight where I'm like, you're definitely better than this guy. What are we doing? The thing is, like, I know him as Mr. 30%, yeah. that awkward speech he gave. Like, that was not good. He that was a rough look. I, I literally fought down to this guy because I didn't want to give all my energy. Like, all right, all right. Uh, Mike. Uh, to defend our boy Bobby, considering that Covington technically is interim champ, RDA could very well be the number one contender if you know go by the rankings. You never know. Um, look at the rankings. If I look at the rankings and he's still there, I'm gonna feel better <laughs> about this. <laughs> go ahead. Who's your pick, man? Uh, I'm riding with you guys. I'm going with Usman. I'm not very confident in that pick myself either. Uh, Cabarro, he looks like a man who should be more impressive than I think he has been in the octagon. He still finds a way to win, um, but I always leave every, most most of his fights feeling a little wanting. But I'm still picking him. The UFC revamped their entire rankings website, and they still have no rankings for 145. It's wonderful. What are they gonna just a picture, girls? Just just a picture of Cyborg. <laughs> Just a victim, oh, yeah. Cyborg. <laughs> Cyborg is one through ten. Um. All right. Uh, there's cards. There's a card the following night in Australia. Yeah, I didn't get my uh, uh, Mark didn't pick. Oh, I'm sorry. I apologize, Mark. Go ahead. And I'm gonna make a big stink about it too because I'm going back to old classic Mark that is putting the podcast interest over his own record. I'm gonna pick Dos Anjos. Um. Not because I think he's necessarily gonna win because I actually agree with you guys. I think. When you just look at the MMA math, this is what kind of what we're doing because I didn't get to wa watch film and break this fight down and really kind of assess like, oh, how these 
two guys are going to match up. You just look that he he lost to Cummington. And like you mentioned, Bobby, Usman is just a more stronger, explosive wrestler who also, you know, you look at a lot of his wins, their decisions. This guy knows how to pace himself and go the distance and, you know, ride a guy and make him work and, and win those rounds. And I think that's what we could see here. Um, the only caveat that I'll give Dos Anjos is that, I mean, he is a hell of a striker. He has a great low kick. If he is able to wear Usman down with good takedown defense and just kind of tire him out, um, I think there is a avenue where he could accumulate damaging strikes to the body and to the legs that could slow him down and maybe open himself up for a, a knockout win here. I think it is going to be a tough road for Dos Anjos just with his last performance against Covington not you know really setting the world on fire. Now he's here against a stronger wrestler. Um, I think he's, his back up his back is up against the wall, but you know I think Dos Anjos is a top quality fighter like Bobby was mentioning before, and he could pull off an upset here, which is what I would see it as. I mean, you and the the, the, the betting lines would also see it as such. That's it would be an upset. Sure. Um, I do think, by the way, Marcus. I think I know you're trying to break it up a little bit here. I think the next few fights are kind of going to force. That, yeah, yeah, not thinking that too. And this was a foolish decision. But you look at the <laughs> rankings. I made lots of foolish decisions, so I'm not feeling too bad about it. Um, all right. Um, the next fight we're gonna pick is from the following evening's card. Um, where we're gonna pick. As our, Mark's already made his pick here, but we can all get in there. Tyson Pedro and Shogun Hua. Um, Shogun Hua. We're just going to ride this shit into the ground, folks. All right? That's, we're just going to book young guys against these old Brazilian legends. That's how we're going to the, the uh, And Tyson Pedro, who I'm just learning his nickname is Kangaroo Paws. It's good to know. Um, seven and two coming off of a loss to OSP, which doesn't is not a good look. Um, Shogun... Shogun loses a lot of fights, folks. Shogun, he had three in a row there, and then Anthony Smith wrecked his shit in about a minute and a half. Um, Pedro's Australian. This is a fight at home. He is minus 450. Stefan, minus 450. You're talking to yourself, brother. Oh, sorry. Like you said, the OSP loss is cause for a lot of pause, um, but... It's not, it's not that long we were talking about Tyson Pedro as he's a 27-year-old light heavyweight that looks decent, and we're so starved for prospects. It's like, I just, it's very X-Files. I want to believe. I want to believe in this guy. Um, is he Australian? Is, is, His is, name is Kangaroo Paws. I, I, I would, I would presume, right, based on that? like He's from Sydney, Australia, yes. Um, so I, I kind of like the home thing. You know, Shogun is the old guy who keeps on trucking. Uh, we keep expecting his doom, but um, uh, I, I can't in good conscience pick uh, Shogun so close to 2019. Uh, I'll go Pedro. Shogun showed up at the UFC 16 and two, and he is now 25 and 11. So a clean nine and nine. Mike, let's make that nine and ten. Mark. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I'm with that, too. Um, I mean, I think Shogun still might have some left in the tank, but I didn't see his last fight against Anthony Smith, but I saw how it finished. Oh, he got murdered. <laughs> oh, yeah. He got murdered. It was 90 seconds of an ass whooping. Although part of that could be Anthony Smith is really, really good. Man, it was an 89-second fight. I'm telling you, you got his ass kicked for 90 seconds. He got his ass kicked for the first second before the fight even started, just by looking at him. That's how badly Anthony Smith wrecked him. It was rough. Um, yeah, I can't pick Shogun to win a fight in 2018. I picked, I mean, I picked Chuck Liddell last week, but yeah, <laughs> I got Anthony Smith. I got Anthony Smith. I got Tyson Pedro pulling an Anthony Smith, I guess. Um, Mark Hunt, Justin Willis. Um, I'm convinced the UFC is just booking. 
are not are not going to book Mark Hunt in any fight that it favors him style wise. All right, um, Justin Willis, aka Big Pretty, is a seven and one prospect. Um, weighs six foot one, two hundred sixty five pounds. Trading training out of the American Kickboxing Academy. Um, Mark Hunt um, has had a lot of fucking fights. Um, in MMA, he's thirteen and thirteen. Oh Jesus, 13, 13, one and one, where he got choked by uh, Alexei Olenek, who thought Mark Hunt's neck was too fat for the Ezekiel choke, but not too fat for the rear naked choke. Um, Mark Hunt is coming into this fight, folks, as the oh, it's basically a pick'em minus one fifteen Willis to minus one hundred five Mark Hunt. Mark, man, they just sent a Super Samoan out there to win. We but we all know this, but is he going to? Um, personally, I think he should retire right now because when you have a record of 13, 13, one and one, that's just too even to break that shit up. Come on. It's all about symmetry. I think he wants to ride out this. He's going to fight out this contract and then leave. He wants to get out of the UFC. I mean, honestly, if he, as he's suing them, if if he wins this fight, which I am picking him to, to do so, um, I think you just stop there. You get, you get a win record, 14, 13, one and one, you come out ahead and you just call it a day. Um, no, I mean, I don't know much about his opponent. Um, I did look him up, and he is a heavy guy. And I like Mark Hunt against heavy guys, because I think when it comes to heavy set guys, he's the best of a lot of them. Um, I'm ending it. He's the best of a lot of them. Stefan, so you got Wait, Mark yeah. Hunt? What did that mean? I, I got, that means you got Mark Hunt. He's, he's, the, he's guy. the best of the fat guys. I get it. Yeah. I get it. I get it. I get it. listening to me. Uh, Stefan, this gentleman, Justin Willis, uh, from what I can tell, from East Palo Alto, uh, he got from a local, he got a local Bay Area boy. Um, he is not a wrestler. You say you said you know they're not going to give him a favorable stylistic matchup, and I'm like, what the hell is this guy's style? His background is he played football at San Jose State and got a degree in sociology. He sounds like me. <laughs> like, I was like, yeah, I'm. Yeah. I, I'm starting to think maybe he was maybe oh, not that unfavorable. <laughs> it's like there's so little information. Yeah, he's seven and one, but there's just so little information about this guy. I don't know what he does. Like, that's. I think that's why it's a pick. Um, it's like. I could see Mark Hunt losing because that man's just got mileage on him. He's just got a lot of mileage, but I'm not certain that this guy has any grappling acumen, and that's what worries me with Mark Hunt. If it's just another big fat guy who's going to stand in front of Mark Hunt, Mark Hunt still has heavy, heavy hands. He's on the home turf. Um, I don't like this pick at all, but I'm going to take Mark Hunt as well. I like it. I'm picking Mark Hunt. Mike? He's fighting in his home turf. You got to give me the ear wiggle. Jesus Christ. We're all picking the same thing. Mark, good job. We're, we're going to be man. wrong on both of these counts. I know it. <laughs> um, Ty Tuivasa, Junior Dos Santos. Um, that's the main event. I didn't miss a fight, right? This is the last one we're picking. No, you're good. Um, Mark, uh, Junior Dos Santos is always hurt. Just kind of the way he is. Um, JDS, his last fight, I don't even remember what the fuck it was, but it was... I didn't even see this shit. He fought in July. Anybody remember this? <laughs> he beat up. He took some. He took five rounds to fight a guy named Ivanov. Remember this guy? I did. I did watch this. I was with my family, and they Idaho? asked me why they couldn't change the channel. And I'm like, Idaho, Idaho. Ohio, or Ohio, Idaho, Idaho. There we go. Yeah. You watch this too? I, I no, watched. I just, I, oh my bad. Oh, yeah, Sorry. Good. No, yeah, I watched it. It was boring. It was boring. Um, the way it looks with Junior is he wins one, he loses one. It's the trend. Um, Tai Tuivasa, I think we all pumped the brakes a little bit on the excitement level 
because uh, Andre Arlovsky was a real tough battle for him. Um, that was a real that was a that that took a bit more from him. Um, I got real concerns about this dude showing up in shape, and like his cavalier attitude and just how much he says he hates training, and like I he's fun to watch and that shoey thing is fucking gross, but it's he got a gimmick. I don't I don't like that. Oh, Tyson Tuivasa is married to the sister of UFC light heavyweight fighter Tyson Pedro. Man, that could be a rough night. Tuivasa currently hosts the Half Cast podcast with Tyson Pedro. Man, <laughs> we're just learning a lot. This is a really informative personal life section. Um, Tuivasa is the underdog, plus one twenty-five. Junior is minus one forty-five. I like Junior Dos Santos a lot, um, but I don't think I think a lot of it. He, a large part of Junior's soul was taken in those Kane fights. <laughs> Bless you. And then um, that fight with Stipe, um, the first one, that one, I thought everything left that was in the tank got unloaded that night. Um, he can look good for a little bit, but he backs up with his chin up, and he's been doing it for 24 fights. And Ty is going to get tired, and he better put him away fast enough, but I got Ty with Tuivasa. Stefan? Um, yeah, I'm going with Kai as well. I feel bad. I was actually wearing my uh, Nike Junior Dos Santos shirt earlier today at the gym. Remember that that guy once had a Nike sponsorship? That he was one of the chosen few who got the Nike uh, put, like bump back in the day, but he just seems so shopworn. Um, even, like I said, I, I actually do remember watching his last fight. Even when he wins, it looks horrible. He's... I'm not sure if he's gun shy. He just doesn't have the output he used to. He doesn't have the movement that he used to. He can still flash it, but he looks older than he is. Um, I, I just like the home bump. Uh, historically, Asiatic fighters, um, Australia thus included, they tend to perform well when they don't travel. Um, they're they're good at home, so uh, I, I like it to be a, a fun night for the home crowd. Mike. Considering that Mark Hunt is also <clears throat> sorry, considering that Mark Hunt is also on this card, it seems so long ago that Junior Dos Santos uh, wheel kicked him with his calf and knocked him out. Those are good times. Uh, JDS hasn't; he's been a shell of himself for a long time. Um, frankly, I'm just picking Tai Tuivasa because he's younger and not as worn down. Um, a heavyweight, all you really need is a round. And I think you can get it done within that time. Stefan, I don't think that's true. I think Mike's picking Tai Tuivasa because you and I both picked Tai Tuivasa and Mike's not going to tie his fucking hook <laughs> to a, a half-broken Junior Dos Santos. Mike couldn't keep a straight face. Mike started looking at me like I was like this real indignant look, folks. And he just burst out laughing because he couldn't keep a straight face. Mike's not going to ride with Junior Dos Santos and give up the one first place he's held on to for four minutes. I am not going to hitch my wagon on that old-ass jalopy of JDS. Mark, are you gonna are you gonna pick the fucking favorite? Can someone pick a favorite in this fight? <laughs> I'm 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 going. This week's gonna be my plum dosanos because I'm gonna pick both dosanos <laughs> and they're both gonna win for me. Um, and and honestly, I feel I honestly feel a little better picking JDS than I do RDS. Um, just because, like you guys mentioned, I, I think I get why it it this this fight kind of reminds me of the Overing fight last week, right? Like I totally understand why everyone's not picking JDS because. When he's lost recently, which have been 
on and off, as Bobby said, he win he wins and loses one. They've all been bad. They've been bad knockouts where he's he looked like he's gotten like like those knockouts look like they're taking time off his career and how much time is left. And I totally understand that. Um, the one thing I do like in this fight is that JDS has gone five rounds with a lot of tough guys and heavy hitters and has won those fights. And I think against Ty here, like like you mentioned, the cardio's not great. I think JDS is looking at that and being like, I can box this dude for three. And come that fourth round, I don't know how much is going to be left there. So I think really it's going to be a lot of JDS surviving early on, getting into those late rounds. Because I think when he gets him in deep water, this is a boy that might not swim too great. And uh, I think we could see JDS. Honestly, I think if he's going to win, he might get a decision. Um, but I, I wouldn't be shocked if just by pure exhaustion, he's able to finish the fight uh, late in the fourth or fifth round. Marcus, this is a weird question, but there's been a lot of heat between these two guys. I did not know um, Tied to Ivasa. Friends with Mark Hunt, so if somebody tested positive for steroids, Ty Tuivasa is going to bring it up to okay, you. Okay, I'm storyline um, now. Um, there's been a lot of heat, and for a guy with like Ty, who at least I, I think a lot of people do have concerns about how seriously he takes this shit. Um, does that does that something that would give you more or less confidence? Or I mean, you're picking Junior, but I guess do you think having that kind of motivation might I don't know bring more out of time. I wouldn't put a ton on his training regiment because like you said, like when you look at a guy like Mark Hunt, like I don't think Mark Hunt is a super serious trained guy. I don't think he's strict on his diet at all. I think that's pretty common fact. And I think Ty kind of looks at him and being like, yeah, you know, us Aussies or New Zealanders, I'm not sure exactly where it is. And I know they're very delicate about that shit. So I don't want to fuck that up, but they're tough motherfuckers and they can hit hard and they just know how to fight naturally. That's one of the things I loved about Mark Hunt is he transitioned to MMA very quickly. Um, and I think Ty's just looking at that too and being like, you know, I, I have that kind of body type. I'm that type of fighter where it doesn't, it doesn't, I don't need to kill myself in the gym because my best comes out when I'm in the octagon. But like you mentioned, you look at the Andre Orlovsky fight and sometimes that fighter in him is just not enough against a skilled trained athlete who's been doing this their whole life. Right. I mean, I think he can go in there with guys that are young in the sport and kind of, kind of fresh and knock them out quick. But you know, when he, Fights a real veteran. These guys know how to hang in there. They know how to not make the silly little mistakes that get them knocked out. They know how to go drag it into the deep waters. We know JDS knows how to do that. He's gone five a lot in his career. I think that's the key to victory for him. I think it it's doable for him, but he has to survive. And that's where um, it's going to be the hardest, just those first couple rounds where he's got that energy. Where, Like he said, Steph mentioned, he's got the hype. The crowd's going fucking nuts. He's like a caged animal. He's ready to explode and rip this dude apart. JDS has to play the the, uh, the matador a little bit and survive early on. I think that's the only way he's going to win. I think Bobby is having a cough attack right now. It is literally this moment. I was like, I whacked poetically too long with these gentlemen. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that's really where I sit. Um, I, it, it's, I, but honestly... After everything that's been said and done, I'm really excited for this fight. It's probably of these two cards, one of the fights I'm looking forward to the most. There's a you made a good point, Mark. There's some good fights out of the. I'm still dying. <clears throat> there's um, there's some good fights out of this weekend. I kind of would have liked make RDA Usman the main make a one card. RDA Usman is the five round main event because I don't need a heavyweight fight to go five rounds. Agreed. That doesn't do anything for me. That doesn't do anything there. for me. That doesn't do anything for me. We didn't give me that it, fight. Give me, but the uh, the reemergence of Brian Caraway. Um, I know yeah, that where has he been? That guy's not. He's not been the most popular man in the world. Um, it was even a little bit awkward the first time we ever met him in person. 
but uh, a lot of tough times. Very, hey, he was a very nice but guy. A lot of tough times have befallen him, so I'd like to see him get back on track against Pedro Munoz, which is a familiar name, and he's a two and a half to one favorite. So we'll see. I mean, Stefan was talking about the hard times of you lose me, you have Misha Tate for ten years, you lose her. And she immediately gets pregnant and marries or whatever the next guy. So uh, yeah, she dumps you and then instantly becomes successful and gets all her dreams she wanted. She meets a guy <laughs> that proposes to her. They have a kid and now she's vice president of an MMA organization. I think Misha Tate's doing pretty fucking okay for retirement. <laughs> I think uh, I think Brian Carraway may have been uh, holding her back a bit. Uh, I wouldn't say he was holding her back. I would say he was holding on for dear life. <laughs> Very true. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> um, we all just had a dunk contest on Brian Carroll. <laughs> yeah. He was, he's in our podcast that? intro. He was so nice, too. He's very he said, friendly. We met, he, him, he was, he, we met him shortly he was nicer than after Misha. he made the comments about Rhonda, and you could tell how much remorse he had for those comments kind of being stated in a public forum, and he knew he had misspoke on that, but... Amen. We are kind of a media outlet, so what that means is as nice as they are that they're in our intro, anybody can get this work. I'm just realizing Benavidez is in our intro. So we talked about him. So, I mean, if we hit Forrest Griffin, we talked about Forrest Griffin. We mentioned Misha. We mentioned Caraway. Who else is in there? We Ray should Jackson. have just gotten uh, Pat Barry to yell out Street Fighter things and just played that. That's what we should have done. Him yelling Hadouken, now- all those things. Tiger uppercut. That's what we should have been recording. You guys, if you want to meet an MMA fighter, Pat Barry's the guy for you. All right? Just a good guy. All right? Matt Sarah, also a nice guy. I mean, if you want Pat Barry to tell you a story about a kangaroo choking out another kangaroo and flexing on him. That was like the third thing that came out of his mouth. Pat Barry will tell you about (laughs) it. He'll show you videos. It's something Pat Barry wants to talk about. (laughs) Like I don't even know what the topic of conversation was, but he's like, you guys see the kangaroo choking out the other kangaroo? We're like, what? No? Man, kangaroos get real, like, real yoked in the wild. Seriously. Um, all right, let's do stuff we like. Um, real quick, actually, before we do stuff we like, um, the owner of the San Francisco Giants is a real racist, and it's really a bummer. Stefan, you've been paying, paying and attention Bobby to this shit And Bobby likes this, and he hopes you do, too. No, Stefan, you've been paying attention to this shit at all? I have not. This guy? So, Sab- um, Sabian? No, that's the GM. No, the guy who owns, the largest owner, Giants have 30 owners, but the guy who owns 26, I think, percent? Um, which is the largest stake. He previously donated money to a group that ran those super racist ads in Alabama. And that's saying something because it's Alabama, the super racist part of it, um, where they said, where they had people saying that uh, if Democrats got elected, black people will get lynched. That was that. Um, and now he, he's, he said he apologized. He got his money back, blah, blah, blah. And then just now he donated it to that lady in Mississippi who is in favor of bringing back public hangings. And yeah, man. Also known as lynchings. Yeah, I've been a Giants fan long time. They don't get my money anymore. I mean, they already gave you the World Series. I'm just saying, you know who who owns the A's, Stefan? The guy whose family owns Gap. All right. But I have to be better than the Gap, so therefore I have to be better than the. Yeah, Asian. you go to Banana. You go to Banana Republic. He owns that too. <laughs> no, you, okay. You go to Uniqlo, which is Japanese Super Gap. Um, Let's and see. if you want to be better than the Gap, but still want that Banana Republic look, but don't want to pay those Banana Republic prices, you go to the Banana Republic 
factory store. Where's that? Oh, man, we got them all over. Wherever outlet okay. stores, maybe. Um. Anyway, stuff we like. Um. I was. I, I've already converted Mark to this before the podcast. It's a YouTube channel. Uh, it's Matt Stoney's YouTube channel. Stoney, S-T-O-N-I-E. Matt Stoney is a competitive eater uh, based out of the Bay Area. He won the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest once. He beat Joey Chestnut, also based out of the Bay Area. Both of them out of San Jose. We produce eaters. That's apparently what we do in the Bay Area. Um, Matt Stoney's got this YouTube channel where he just fucking eats, man. Um, and... I don't know. I kind of dig it, man. He, like, he says, I'm going to eat 10 Whoppers and break the record. And he does. Or I'm going to eat, you know, whatever, eight bu- five buckets of chicken from Jollibee, which I've never had Jollibee. Don't bother. I'm Filipino. It's it's the only reason it's, you eat it is because you're Filipino, but it's, okay. it's not good enough to eat if you're not Filipino. All right. Okay. Fair I'm, enough. I'm like, I'm like, it's fast food chicken. He ate a bunch of bad chicken. That's pretty impressive. Um, You know fastest man to eat a Big Mac meal or some shit like that. I don't know. I don't, I mean, I'm, I, some people are grossed out by this shit, but I just think, I think it's impressive. You know, I know his heyday is over, but no one will ever be better than Kobayashi to me because Kobayashi, like he was like five foot one, but that motherfucker was chiseled. He was cut out of granite itself. Like, you know, Stoney, he's kind of a scrawny guy. Uh, Chestnut, he wasn't a big guy, but he's a little pudgy. But, like, just seeing this yoked, muscular dude be the best competitive eater for, like, a decade. that Those yeah, Mas- were glorious times. Mastoni just looks like any Asian kid who grew up in the Bay Area. Just doesn't – nothing sticking you out. You couldn't of pick him out of a lineup in Berkeley. Yeah. Um, Mark you, Mark will very – once his podcast is over, Mark's going to watch him eat 320 feet of yeah, food. I'm going to tell you, I mean, the kid can eat well, but he also knows how to play that YouTube game because if yeah. you give me a screenshot of eating however many feet of fruit by the foot, you better fucking roll it up like a big fat carpet because now I see that beautiful <laughs> bite out of that right now. I got to see this kid eat all that food. Yeah, um, I like it, man. I watch a lot of YouTube shows and I don't know, man. I dig it. The guy just goes around eating stuff in San Jose. I'm going to eat it. He's like a 1.25 gallon milkshake. Okay. Let's see if he can get done. And he fails sometimes. Can't get it done sometimes. Anyway, I like it. So, um, that's it. Mike, what do you got? What was the name of that one again? Matt Aquino? What was the name? Matt Stoney. Matt Stoney. S-T-O-N-I-E. Uh, mine, it's a, it's a newer thing. Uh, the Instagram page just started. But I have enjoyed the, the 12 pictures that the guy has posted there. Uh, if you guys know this rapper named Joe Budden, are you aware of who he is? Pump, 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 pump it up. Pump it up. <laughs> that question was really boring for Mark. I assumed you and uh, oh, I had no idea. I was giving a thumbs down. Who? What? He uh, was in Def Jam, New York. Okay, so I played as him in a video game, but I do not know who he is. And that goes for a lot of people, so... Well, he, he was a rapper who had a big hit back in like 2003, 2004 called Pump It Up, I mean, Mark. when they sing the little chorus, I instantly recognize the song. Key phrase, Mark, a hit. It's sing a good one. It. It. But he's also um, widely known, at least here in New York, as uh, one of the, the best lyricists around, even though he's retired from hip hop. He 
used to host this show called uh, The Daily Struggle on Complex. I thought in New York now, he was known as the old angry black dude because oh no, he, he's all known as rappers. Well. <laughs> he's just the yeah, old he, angry guy. Yeah, he he is also known as that as well. Um, he also has a very uh, popular uh, podcast called the Joe Budden Podcast that launched about a year ago. But I'm not here to talk about any of that. What I'm here to talk about is this fan page called Joe Budden Fits, which apparently Joe Budden takes a lot of risks uh, fashion-wise. And um, at least the, the, the 12 or 15 or so photos that he's listed on there, he has worn some outrageous shit in his career. And I think... Wait, wait, wait. What's this thing called, Mike? Say Joe again. Budden Fits. B D E N fits. And I think the one thing I really like about it is that I think as we all get older, you know, unless you are just extremely, extremely, extremely boring with your fashion choices, you know, you try some risks as you're as you're going on the I wasn't specifically talking about you, Bobby, but yes, I mean, I think we can look back at you from age 13 and you're wearing a black shirt with probably jeans. But yeah, I mean, he's like a rest, cartoon that, character where he's got his outfit that he just wears yeah. when you see it. Yeah, <laughs> he's like a darker Doug. Okay. Anyway, fine. <laughs> okay, no problem. Sure, go ahead. That's all I can think of. Is short notice, but anyway, I'm enjoying this guy. I'm enjoying this guy in the Tracy McGrady jersey. But go ahead. <laughs> but anyway, um, I think as we all get older, um, and we've all taken some fashion risks, and when you look back. You think to yourself, oh, my God, what the hell was I thinking? For example, I used to wear a, uh, a one of those uh, newsboy hats back when I was in law school. Now I look back at pictures <laughs> and I think, what the hell was wrong with me? I was trying way too hard to look cool. And that's the one thing I really enjoy with this Joe Budden Fitz Instagram page. Because you could see Joe Budden in these pictures is like, damn. I got this goddamn drip on. I am looking awesome. Yo, is, my, is my man good. is my man rolling a kickball in one of these? Is that what I'm looking at? Yes, Him rolling a kickball. Okay. Yes, yes, you are. You see, like Bobby, the- Bobby is thoroughly enjoying this page so far. I am. It's pretty good. I follow it every time something new comes up. I immensely enjoy it. So give it a look, guys. Stefan, we got a channel with one guy eating a lot of food and an Instagram account of old Joe Budden pictures. Where are we going with you? Um, a little more mainstream with me. I will chime in on something I like just saw a second ago. Um, I saw that Jones was on uh, Ariel's show, and within the first two minutes, uh, John Jones compares himself to Jesus. So good to know my man is back in full form. You know, nothing happened. This guy is invincible. This guy, it's like uh, when Lisa asked Homer about the B-sharps, if they said they were better than Jesus. And he's like, oh, yeah, all the time. It was the name of our third album. Like, Well, yeah, but to, to be fair, I mean, we all remember when Jesus ran into that pregnant woman and then ran back to his car to get his money. I mean, there's a lot of commonalities between those two. So Exactly, exactly. Um, so go check that out if you're a fan of Jones like me. Uh, I happen to see a couple movies lately um, that I both give positive reviews to. Uh, I saw... My friend asked me to go with them to see The Crimes of Grindelwald. Um, And coming from someone who doesn't know shit about Harry Potter besides, like, the basics, um, and I've fallen asleep in four of the movies. I never read the books, ladies and gentlemen. 
when people are just saying names and places, they don't mean anything to me. So it's as confusing as it can possibly be. But uh, I thought this movie was very fun for me, not understanding anything about the overarching plot. A lot of fun moments. You can tell a lot of the people in the movie are having fun. I presume if you like Harry Potter, you should like this movie, but you've probably already seen it already if you are a Harry Potter fan. Um, and the other day, um, I was pleasantly surprised to say I liked it. I took my niece to see uh, Wreck-It Ralph 2, a.k.a. Ralph Breaks the Internet. Um, and for a movie that I thought absolutely did not need a sequel, it was perfectly fine in its vacuum singular movie. Uh, I thought the premise they came up with was pretty fun. It was pretty good. Uh, it was very funny. Um, they used the tactic that a lot of movies are doing nowadays, though, which uh, were the trailers feature alternative footage than what the movie actually shows. So um, to keep, you know, keep things fresh so you don't know the exact punchlines. Um, but you did see them in the trailer. And the ones who absolutely steal the movie are uh, the army of Disney princesses. That whole segment of the movie was by far its best. But um, yeah, for a movie that I didn't think needed a sequel, it was a pretty enjoyable one. Marcus. Yeah, I got a couple things this week. Uh, on Friday, uh, they released, I think, six ep new episodes for Mystery Science Theater 3000. Um, I really enjoyed the reboot. Uh, and so far, I think I've watched five of the six episodes. And it's just, I mean, really, at this point, if you've never seen Mystery Science Theater, I highly recommend checking out the Netflix series. I've found it really enjoyable. Um, and I think you'll know pretty quick if it's for you or not. It's really just rifting on old bad movies. Um, and so far, this little mini series they did called the gauntlet has been really fun and enjoyable um i did mostly want to talk about the switch game that came out a couple weeks ago but i finally picked it up and have put some time into it uh let's go pikachu um very much like let's go eevee basically two different versions of essentially the same game much like pokemon does um this is essentially a remake of the uh yellow version or the uh blue and red or green versions of the original game boy game um, with a slight twist, this is, I mean, it has to be noted, this is the first console uh, art Pokemon RPG, which a lot of fans have been clamoring for since initially, since the concept of a RPG Pokemon game was created on Game Boy. Everyone has wanted it on Super uh, N64 or GameCube or Wii or Wii U or Switch. And this is finally, after all these years, this is the first time they're having, you know, a full-fledged 3D Pokemon game. Um, and it's a little bit different. They've kind of, this is a hybrid of essentially that old Game Boy game and Pokemon Go. Essentially, the difference here is that you actually see the Pokemon in the field and you run up to them to initiate um, your attempt to catch them. You don't actually battle them and, and catch them that way. You basically just do what you did in Pokemon Go, which is throw a Pokemon, Pokeball at the Pokemon. And if you hit it, if you time it right, um, you have better chances of capturing the Pokemon and I think on when they first announced the game and you realize that's how you're catching Pokemon, you're not doing the traditional weakening them and then throwing the Pokeball. A lot of fans were kind of turned off. Um, but I can tell you that it's actually pretty enjoyable, much like the Pokemon Go game itself. I always found the mobile game to be fun. I thought throwing the Pokeballs at the Pokemon was inherently enjoyable and it was fun to catch them. I don't think that gameplay loop is all that damning. Um, and having it here, actually, it, I think it benefits the game greatly. Um, you do still have your traditional turn-based battles with other trainers, and there are a lot of them, so you're definitely still scratching that itch of having Pokemon battles. Um, but honestly, if you played those Game Boy games or even some of its more contemporaries, um, the Pokemon battles can actually drag down the game quite a bit, especially when you're in somewhat of a dungeon area. I remember in the original game, there's lots of 
caves that you go into and you're just constantly getting in battles with Zubats and it just gets really tedious. Having the option here to just avoid those battles and just pick the Pokemon that you want to capture, um, I think alleviates a lot of that tedium. Um, and the only other thing I'll say is that, you know, if you're a hardcore gamer or someone that's really interested in JRPG mechanics, um, this game's pretty easy. Uh, it's, it's a baby game for babies, and that's not a bad thing. It, it's actually very enjoyable and easy. You don't hit a lot of walls in this game, um, but you still have to, you know, the game still plays like a Pokemon game. You have to know how the different types of Pokemon um, counterbalance each other, which ones are weak to what. And if you don't know those things, that's still very much a learning uh, curve. And the game can be very damaging. If you don't know your uh, fire Pokemon is weak to the water Pokemon, you just go into a gym battle and you're 10 levels higher. It does not matter. You will get wrecked. Um, so, I mean, that is still part of the game. But overall, I've been finding it extremely enjoyable. Um, Christine, my fiance, who had, watching, had watched the cartoons but never played the game, I've been playing it with her, and she's completely enraptured by it, um, which I kind of assumed she, this is a type of game that she would really be into. And um, and it's just it's simple to pick up. It's easy, fun and addicting. And there's there's some gameplay mechanics they have added that kind of relay how Pokemon go, um, how you catch multiple the same kind. You get candies for them and all that kind of jazz. But, yeah, I've really been enjoying it a lot. So I wanted to uh, put that out there. The last thing. important question on that, uh, yeah. because it's been one of my biggest concerns with any next generation Pokemon games. How is the sound? Because this is what bothered me about the um, 3DS like Pokemon games they made. Mm -hmm. I was waiting for the sound to finally evolve to the next generation, but Pikachu was the only Pokemon which had like a Pika Pika. The rest of them still had their midi little tone growls from I... the old Game Boy games. Yeah, I would guess it's more of the latter than the former. And I mean, still the, these mini growls well, still have like, really, I mean, what it, what it really is, Steph, is that um, I haven't looked for it. It obviously does not bother me. It hasn't really, I haven't noticed it or even seeked it out. Um, but you know your boy's a G, so you know you got the, the version with the Pokeball. And all I remember is that the Pokemon do scream out of the Pokeball, and it is that midi fucking... I find it kind of endearing because it is because it, 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 I agree with you. It's fucking awful, but it, you can tell it's just pure nostalgia. It's just so retro that the fact that like the the cartoon showed to me that all of them say their names. So yeah. the fact that no version of I, the game has ever existed outside of letting Pikachu say Pikachu. Yeah, none of them like, say their names. What I yeah. will tell you, what is actually really cool is seeing all the Pokemon in scale. Like seeing an Onyx, like because you can. So what you can do is Pikachu is always out with you. He always runs by your side, kind of like in the cartoon. He doesn't want to be his Pokeball, whatever. Um, but you can also uh, unleash one of your other Pokemon just to follow you. And a one like Onyx, who is a giant stone uh, uh, snake, he not only is he massive, but um, he's so big that they basically force you to mount him. So anytime you're walking around with him, you're just on top of this giant snake. The thing that sucks is that when you go into a small area, he just automatically disappears. So you kind of like go down. It, it's kind of weird, but what I will say is that it's really cool when you're in a cave and it's like, oh, here's this giant onyx and all these weird giant Pokemon are just walking around. It's really cool to see that sense of scale because I think in literally in the Game Boy game, the, the only one that I actually played, um, all the Pokemon are just as big as the kid, right? They're just a sprite that's a square on the thing. But these, when you read the Pokedex, like, oh, this Pokemon is actually eight feet tall and he weighs, you know, 2,000 pounds. I have to imagine what that looks like. But now seeing it in 3D, you don't have to imagine. 
fucking Onyx is fucking huge, and it's weird when he gets spit on by a Squirtle and dies. He's like, how is this giant rock snake so weak to a little water? It's kind of perplexing. Did either of you get Eevee? I just got Pikachu. Did you get it, Mike? No, I haven't gotten it. Okay, um, I didn't think anyone else got it. I'm still playing Ultra Sun, so I can't my, get another RPG. My understanding is if you pick Eevee, the Eevee doesn't evolve. It stays basic-ass Eevee. But I think it can do the other elemental attacks. So it can do fire, ice, and water, which makes it pretty So good. it's just the, it's the Mew of Eevees. It's just kind of, it's yeah. all the abilities. Yeah. Yeah, Fair but enough. I just want to say I enjoyed that. And last thing I wanted to recommend is something that I think Mike and Bobby have watched. And I just started watching. Uh, I've been catching it on Netflix, The Good Place. Um, I really like it. It's a good, fun sitcom like Bobby. And Mike, did you watch this too and mention it on the show? I thought you did. Do you mean The Good Doctor? No. The Good Place. I, I, I don't so you didn't. It's just place. a Bobby joint. Bobby's been telling me to watch this for fucking ever, though. Um, but wait, 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 wait. Okay, fine, whatever. But right. have you not been telling me? You don't want to take credit for my shout out? I think I told you the first season is good, and then it gets iffy. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I know you recommended it, and also uh, Sean, my to-be brother-in-law, has also really liked it. And what I'll say is, um, you know, six or seven episodes in, I love the premise. I think it's really creative and fun. Uh, and, I, and I enjoyed the show overall. It just runs into this problem I just have with sitcoms. Like, if I don't really like the main character, I kind of have a hard time really getting into it. And this character, I'm just like, get the fuck out. Just, you're done. Get out of there. And I'm just like, I'm having a hard time rooting for that character. Um, but otherwise, I really like the show. Um, it, it, it's really fun, interesting concept. And I, you know, why not check out an episode and see if you like it? It's definitely been the sitcom go-to of like, uh, I don't know what to watch. I'll just put another episode of The Good Place on, so. That's it. All right, boys and girls, we're going to be back next week where we're going to talk about um, Holloway versus Ortega. Ooh, that's a good one. Actual, I think it, it's actual pay-per-view with number 231. Sure. Is that right? That sounds right. Yes, it I is. I closed all my UFC tabs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we got Max, Max Holloway versus Brian Ortega. We got Valentina Shevchenko versus... Joanna Yenjacek. Um We also got uh, Hanato Moicano versus TBA. That's a dreaded fight right there. Um, I like this fight. Claudia Gadelia versus Nina Ansaroff. Uh, Jimmy Manawa, Tiago Santos. Gunnar Nelson's on the card against Alex Oliveira. Jessica I versus Caitlin uh, Chukasian. Eric Anders, Elias Theodoro. OAM, Olivier Aubin Mercier. I'm a big fan of him. He's on there. Diego Lima still getting fights in the UFC. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about that. They're going to Toronto, and it's a really good card. Good so we'll stuff. Talk about that next week. Yeah. God willing, everybody makes it. Um, back next week, as I mentioned, thank you all for listening. Um, hit us up on Twitter or email or Instagram if you want to make the pick for the um, 20 questions. Though, if, if, if you give it to me, I'm going to have to – if I'm the one checking that it. That could so be fun. Maybe like, <laughs> just yeah, just yeah. list the email, 20 questions. Bobby won't look at it. I'll look at yeah. it, delete the email, but write it down and give you credit. Exactly. Um, and if you think Mike is crazy for suggesting Captain America would have voted for Donald Burn Trump. that man at the stake. Go ahead. Message us about that too. Um, Stefan, that's what you missed. An argument about that. Um <sighs> That's just so wrong. I, it's all I, heard. I just listen to it. Just listen boiled. to it, Stefan, and get some points for next week. And we're just gonna blast Mike for twenty minutes about how angry he made me <laughs> talking about Steve Rogers being a neo-Nazi. Um, 
again, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week and uh, peace out. See ya. Later. Thank you.